Hello there, and welcome to episode 12 of the From a Certain Point of View podcast. I'm Josh. And I'm Adam. And once again, we're really excited to be bringing Star Wars news, reviews, and points of view to you this week. And I th- we have a lot to get through in this show, um, but we'll go ahead and start off with um, what we've been watching and playing in Star Wars. So what have you been up to, Adam? Yeah, uh, I mentioned last week I started Last Shot, the Han and Lando novel, and I'm basically just about done with that. I have like a couple pages left. Uh, what do you think of it? Um, I'm going to write a blog post about that today or tomorrow, so I'll save that for the blog post. Uh, okay, sounds good. I have mixed thoughts about it. We'll, just, mm-hmm. we'll, we'll say that. Yeah. Um, and continued my Clone Wars rewatch. I'm uh, almost through season four now. Nice. Uh, that's about it, probably. A few other little things here and there, but that's that's probably about the most of it. What about you? What have you been up to? Um, to be honest, I th- this week I took a little bit of a break from Star Wars. Um, I yeah. think I think um, need it sometimes. Yeah, I needed that. Um, you know, November and December were were pretty packed with Star Wars, and you know, I, I checked out some other stuff, watched you know a couple other movies that were not Star Wars and, and stuff like that. But um, you know, I I continued to play a little bit of Fallen Order. Didn't get to play okay. too much, but I'm I'm probably about eighty percent done. Um, so I'm, I'm getting towards the end of that. And I, I, again, absolutely love the game. Um, and I watched just like a couple episodes of clone wars, but that was pretty much the extent of my, uh, star Wars this week, but took a little break, but I'm excited to, to talk about it again today. So yeah, I took a a, a tiny little break this week too. Yeah. I mean, I still did a good bit this week, but, uh, started watching and this is non star Wars talk, but Hey, whatever. Um, Mm -hmm. I started watching uh, Jack Ryan, the second season on Amazon. Yeah, this yeah, week, and I didn't I've not, heard good things. Yeah, I'd not started it yet, and I really loved the first uh, season. So, uh, yeah, so yeah, um, the first three episodes so far are pretty good, and I still have to catch up on. Um, do you watch Man in the High Castle at all? No, I haven't, but I knew you did, and I. That's one I of was... my favorite streaming shows, and I need to watch the last season of that, uh, which came out a few weeks ago. So yeah, I've I've always considered. Uh checking that one out and i just never yeah, got around really to it should. yet but. it's it's really good like sci-fi alternate history stuff it, it's it's really interesting yeah i was kind of torn between that and the expanse um because okay. i've heard okay. some good things yeah. about the expanse but yeah right. um but yeah so even though you guys know we are huge star wars fans believe it we or do not, other we things like other things <laughs> 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 so it's okay to talk about those things sometimes um <laughs> awesome so What's coming up on this week's show, Adam? Yeah, we've got a few news topics we wanted to cover. Uh, there's actually about uh, about four articles that we're going to uh, uh, jump in on. Uh, in our reviews, we kind of wanted to take a, a step back and look at the sequel trilogy as a whole and maybe kind of look at it from a thematic element. Uh, what are some of the themes that carry over, uh, you know, kind of hindsight, that whole trilogy, uh, since we're now past episode nine. Uh, and then... We have a a number of uh, well, not, maybe not a number. We have a couple fan uh, topics and questions that we uh, wanted to cover, so we're gonna make that our points of view segment. And uh, during that whole thing, we have a hypothetical. Uh, you know, if if we uh, if we were given the reins to make a Star Wars video game, what would we make? And we had some uh, people in our Discord that kind of tossed in uh, their uh, opinions and ideas for that. So we got some fun things there. Yeah, some pretty exciting ideas in there. Yeah, and we had one question about Anakin's birth. 
which is always a fun topic to talk about. So we'll cover that, you know, as far as how that actually came to be, or you know, as far as as far as we can answer that, we'll we'll try to answer that question. Uh, and then you guys might want to stay tuned through the end of the show because at the end of the show we're going to be t- detailing our first giveaway for the podcast. I got a cool little surprise, and uh, we'll talk about that at the end of the show. All right, Adam, are you ready to dive into the news for this week? Let's do it. Well, you want the bad news or the really bad news? Okay, so the first uh, piece of news we have from Star Wars this week, and this was, I believe, um, announced on Monday, um, the Rise of Skywalker has been nominated for three Academy Awards, um, visual effects, original score by John Williams and sound editing. And, you know, I mean, I, I think I wasn't too surprised by this. I mean, I think these yeah. are the typical categories that Star Wars yeah, is, is, is nominated in. Pretty much um, run of the mill Star Wars awards, I guess. Pretty much. I mean, I, I think when you consider the, the visual effects of Rise of Skywalker, um, you have to take into consideration that they were able to almost seamlessly have a character in there that passed away like three years before this movie was released. Oh um, my gosh. Yeah. So I think that's just incredible in itself that they were able to do that. And I mean, that's just one of the many visual effects that is packed into this movie. So I, I think it definitely deserves this consideration. Yeah. Um, and as far as score goes, John Williams, I mean, I, man, I, I want to lean towards him winning this because it's his final star wars film that would be um yeah Yeah. you know i hope they really honor him because it's his final one Mm -hmm. and i hope he he wins this one now i'm not sure about sound editing and everything um but you know star wars is always one of the best at that but um any thoughts you have about these nominations adam yeah no i was happy to see it uh you know like you said it's kind of the standard ones that they usually get nominated for so Right. Uh, it's good to see, but maybe not much of a surprise. Yeah, agreed. A surprise and to I, be sure, but a welcome one. But a welcome one. Um, I guess this, for me, brings up the question of, you know, is Star Wars a franchise that can ever be nominated for Best Picture? Um, I, I know, like, the original Star Wars, yeah. you know, A New Hope was, I believe. Um, but... What does Star Wars have to do? You know, we 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 saw Black Panther in the Marvel Universe, you know, being nominated. Um, we we saw Joker this year, which is a, a comic, you know, character. What about Star Wars, Adam? Do you do you think is this something you want to see? Do you want to see a Star Wars film that consciously tries to be a Best Picture nominee? I'll tell you what. Uh, no, I just don't. I just <laughs> uh-huh. don't care. Right. I just want to go to a Star Wars movie and have fun. And if, you know, like the Rise of Skywalker did, if I can sit there and have fun and be mm-hmm. surprised and, uh, you know, get moved emotionally, um, right. that's what I'm looking for. And without getting too political, I guess the Academy Awards are just kind of <laughs> um, f- a favorite contest, I think, anyway. So. <laughs> It yeah, it, can, it doesn't it, really bother me, to be honest. It can be. Um, I do have a slightly different point of view on this than, okay. than you. Um, 
because I, I do kind of get into the the award stuff yeah, and I know everything, you do, and, right. and I, I, you know, I, I kind of in college I studied film a little bit. You know, I took right, a couple right. film classes and everything, um, so I like looking at film from that angle. And you know, I, I really would like to see a Star Wars film, kind of, and, and maybe now that we're past the Skywalker saga, we can get. A Star yeah. Wars film that tries to be a little artistic and a little, you know, really go for something like that and do like a character study type film, like a, but in the Star Wars universe, you know, like, like a Joker or something like that. Um, so I'd be interested in, in seeing if they could, if they could pull that off. But at the same time, I love Star Wars for what it is. And, um, you know, even if it's not up for best picture. So, yeah, it's kind of my thoughts on it. That's fine. Um, yeah. So are you ready to take us into the next item yeah. of news this week? There's been actually a lot of this stuff, and this is kind of the earlier earlier one that came up. But, uh, some of the Episode Nine scripts that did not go for, uh, forward, uh, including Colin Trevorrow's uh, original scripts leaked this week, um, seemingly t- uh, to, be, to be real. Uh, you know, there's always a question of is this stuff real or not. And it seems mm-hmm. to me, I don't know what you think, it seems to me like this is all pretty legit. It does seem legit. Um, um, yeah. Uh, so, it, like I said, there's a lot of breakdowns here, and we could spend probably an hour talking about just the breakdowns of these scripts that came out. Right. But I want to say overall, uh, and I'll, I'll include some of the uh, some of the links, uh, or at least one of the links in the show notes this week, if you guys want to check mm-hmm. out these articles, if you didn't happen to see it. Um, I'll say this. There might have been a couple points that I thought would have been interesting yeah. to see on screen. Overall, I'm very happy with the movie that we ended up getting instead. Yeah, I think I'm with you on that. Um, you know, and, and to your point of this being legit, it, it does, you know, there's a lot of sources that are saying it is. And also there were a couple like, I think the art of the Rise of Skywalker was released in, in another country somewhere yeah, or something yeah, like I that. I really want to get and, that book now. And there's some images in there that kind mm-hmm. of, you know, like Kylo Ren on Coruscant that, that kind of point to, did yeah, maybe s- this was Did legit. you see the Kylo and Chewie one? Um, no, I didn't. Oh, man. Poignant, dude. Well, um, can you can you tell uh, me about uh, it, or so, do you not want to spoil it? <laughs> um, a little bit of a Rise of Skywalker spoiler here, but it yeah. shows. Uh, so you know, skip ahead like thirty seconds if you don't want to hear this. Uh, mm-hmm. But it shows uh, Chewie having been captured and kind of hanging from his cuffs. Uh, it, you know, it looks like very much he's been tortured, and and Ben just kind of standing in front of him, just you know, staring. Mm-hmm. Just you know, you th- you think about the. The times that they had spent together when when he was young and it's just yeah would have been yeah that's that's powerful yeah so yeah huh and you know as as i look through some of these points um from this colin trevorrow script i i can see now how he got story credit yeah oh yeah yeah some of those Um, obviously carried over sure yeah um i guess something i'm with you like overall I'm really happy with what we got in the rise of Skywalker. I think when, um, when I kind of look at all the story points and everything that's in the rise of Skywalker, I like where it went. Um, 
because reading some of this script and everything and not actually reading the script but reading you know the summary that was out there um it, it didn't really i didn't really connect with a lot of it i didn't find it to no, be same here particularly same here. exciting or compelling or anything like that um so i am happy with what we got but there are a few things that I thought were interesting. One was the title of the movie being Duel of the Fates. I, I, I like that. Um, yeah, I didn't yeah, I like that. that. I, honestly, I, I don't know. It just seemed like a... Um, I don't know. Like, So for me, we talked about fan service a while ago, and I actually I don't mind fan service. I like it. But I think that was maybe just a step too far, I guess. Yeah, I can see where that's a bit on the nose, uh, you know, especially considering that it is a title of a track on <laughs> the, yeah. the score for the Phantom Menace. Um, I, I I thought it, I thought it was kind of cool as a title, but I can. I mean, see it's a great callback, your, but I can see your point though. Yeah, yeah. Um, one thing I, I liked about it was that Ray is still kind of no one, um, and because I I really thought that was powerful in the last jedi um and even in the force awakens there were hints at her being nobody really um in in that whole theme that we're going to talk about in a little bit and i'll explain why i, I like that so much but um i kind of like yeah. that element of it yeah, yeah. um w- was there anything that you liked about the this script that jumped out at you um uh let me see here there were a couple of little points that I thought, you know, like I said, were maybe kind of cool. Mm-hmm. Uh, actually, seeing holocrons would have been neat. Yeah, holocron instead of like wayfinders. Wayfinders, yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah. You know, seeing that type of stuff would have been neat. Seeing yeah. some, you know, there were mentions of uh, some locations that we would have visited, like Mortis or something like that. Yeah. You know, I didn't for, know how to feel about that. Yeah, I for, that was for a my little, a little too. I think you're depending kinda, kinda on like, people to have seen the Clone Wars. Oh, okay. You know what yeah. I mean? Um, yeah, I guess to a point. Mm-hmm. Um, those, I guess, those would have been the things. I guess we got some more Force ghosts that would have been nice to see. But I, like I said, yeah. I, I was happy with what we got. Actually, more than than what was mentioned there. Right. So. I think the only other thing I, w- I, w- I would have preferred about this script is the fact that Luke was more involved in Ray's training. Like when I yeah, envisioned episode yeah. nine, I, I envisioned Force Ghost Luke training Ray um, and being more involved in the story. And also the in The Last Jedi, when he tells Ben, Kylo, see a round kid, like I would have liked to have seen luke kind of haunting <laughs> kylo ren a little bit even though i you know again the han solo moment with him right. is, is all i really needed but um but i did like that about it but other than that again i just didn't really connect with it i didn't understand why we were going to certain places in this script it, it never felt like this was the epic conclusion it almost felt like it was this just whole different thing that didn't fit into the yeah. sequel trilogy. So I, I think it's really hard, as you can see, to make a film like this. It's really difficult. And yeah. the task that JJ had, especially without an overall plan um, and everything, I think what he did, even though I would have liked some things to have been expanded upon a little bit, like, like about Palpatine and how exactly he survived. I think JJ just right. prefers to just jump right into the action instead of really explaining things. But um, so I would have liked a little bit more from it, but I love 
what we got in in where the rise of Skywalker took us. Yeah. Yeah. So all right. Um so next up we have the rise of Skywalker that this past week crossed the billion dollar mark yep. at the worldwide box office. Um so I was I was you know definitely thinking this would happen. Um you know it obviously it, it isn't making quite as much as maybe the last Jedi did. And, and, you know, maybe there's a few different reasons for that, that we could explore if we wanted to. But the fact is, um, you know, there are less than 50 films in history that have, have crossed this mark and the rise of Skywalker is, is one of them. Um, do you have any thoughts about this? Yeah. Here's what I want to say about this. And you kind of touched on it a little bit. Um, even though this has crossed a billion dollars at the box office, the general consensus that's being reported, uh, you know, around mm-hmm. the internet is that it was a failure, right? And I cannot get behind that frame of mind. Um, it was financially successful. It's not losing money by any stretch of the imagination. Yeah, it is still. If you step outside of Twitter. It is still, you know, more positively viewed among fans than negatively viewed. Mm -hmm. And you combine those two elements, this movie is a success. I mean, it's not a failure. I know it. I know it it kind of fizzled out, and I know it's not as financially successful as uh, you know, Last Jedi or you know, some other ones. But Mm -hmm. still. it's it's a success, and I think reporting it that it's a billion dollar failure, or you know how to cal- I've seen how can Star Wars get get back on track or get its mojo back. I mean, this movie made a billion dollars. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, I think Star Wars is just fine, and if you've seen any of the hype around, um, you know, we didn't mention this in the news, but this week, uh, Rise of the Resistance uh, opened in Disneyland. Mm-hmm. And you know, even Disney World is still having trouble uh, managing lines and requests to get on that ride. Star right. Wars is doing just fine. This movie did not fail Star Wars at all. It hasn't derailed Star Wars. It, it, it's doing perfectly well. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, I think there's it's obviously a success. Um, and I think the only way you can look at it as a failure, which it isn't, is you know if if you if you're comparing it, you know, to to other things, like um, if you're comparing it to Force Awakens or whatever, which you really can't because it's it was you know in a whole different, different situations, game. yeah, yeah, because um, Force Awakens was was coming out after a ten year gap with with no Star Wars movies. Um, so you have to consider and even that. after and, the device device divisiveness of uh, Last Jedi, uh, you know you have to figure mm-hmm. that some of that's still figured in, in, into these numbers as well, um, right? But I, like now, even comparing it to the Last Jedi, I, I can't call it a failure. You know, it, did it fall short right. of what that movie made? Yeah, it did. Mm-hmm. But this movie is still a success, even looking at those numbers. You know. Yeah, absolutely. Um, you're you're the, getting into elements of grading how much of a success something is, even though it's still a success. <laughs> yeah, and I, I think people are always going to try to 
form negative narratives to you know right because that's what people want that's what gets clicks and yeah, stuff like that that's that's, just, that's um, how that, that's what generates clicks nowadays right but now if i am being honest there is i am slightly i'm not really concerned but i'm just like curious because if we look at rise of skywalker worldwide box office um from 2000 you know from 2019 the other films that were released and looking at there's a lot of films that are above it you know um you, you have the lion king frozen 2 spider-man far from home captain marvel um toy story 4 joker aladdin all those films are still ahead of the rise of skywalker and you know if, if we go back a few years if you, if you were looking at a marvel release and a star wars release you know those would be the top two um and and so i am kind of you know i am a little bit concerned about what what exactly is going on and, and another thing is for some reason star wars doesn't do as well internationally yeah that's as some of right those there. some of those other films right. um and i think that's because if you look domestically I think that plays, yeah i think that plays heavily into it yeah, I mean, if you look domestically, like Star Wars, is, The Rise of Skywalker is the number three movie of 2019, just behind Endgame and The Lion King. Um, right. But internationally, for some reason, Star Wars isn't as popular. So, I, you know, I don't know why that is, or maybe it never caught on outside of the U.S. as much. I mean, it's still a success outside of the U.S., but yeah, just yeah. not quite as much. So, um, you it, know, it really doesn't, something... It really doesn't worry me at all. I mean... Right. But... Like yeah, I, I think this... it'll be fine going yeah. forward, and I think people will be excited to see something new and different from Star Wars. Yeah, and, and that's, what, that's, we're, that's what, what we're, we're getting get. into, yeah. Mm-hmm. But yeah, do we have one final news article? Uh, yeah, there were reports this week that Taika Waititi has been approached uh, by Lucasfilm to direct a Star Wars movie. And I can say I'm pretty excited about that. Um <laughs> His last episode of Mandalorian was amazing. Yeah, it was great. Uh, I have thoughts about Thor Ragnarok. I mean, it's a, it's a very good movie. Um, mm-hmm. You know, and once again, his comedy is on point in that movie. Yeah. Uh, and I haven't got to see any of his other, like, I know he, he had the, uh, um, Jojo Rabbit or something like that. Mm-hmm. I haven't yeah, got I a haven't chance to see that. that. Yeah. Uh, but I've heard good things about it. Uh, so, I'm very excited that this is a possibility uh, highlight on the word possibility there. Yeah. I thought it was funny somewhere earlier this week. I saw like a, a tweet or something from him from a while ago saying that, you know, he, he wouldn't do a star Wars movie because he'd be like fired immediately <laughs> because, because he, he likes to take risks, you know, he likes yeah. to do things that are outside of the box, but I think that's what star Wars needs. Uh, you know, and I personally, and I think getting beyond the Skywalker saga, I think you can that's take some a, more yeah, risks right. and, and yeah, do that's some what different I was just things. About to say. Um, yeah. You know, if it's not episode seven, eight, or nine, I think you can do something different. Yeah, episode. Um, yeah, it the, doesn't the, have to fit right. into a certain box, you know. To, yeah. But um, so personally, I love Thor Ragnarok. It is one of my favorite Marvel movies. Um, I it's my favorite Thor movie for sure. Mm-hmm. I, I I love how he kind of transformed the character of Thor a little bit. And, um, you know, like you said, the comedy is great. I just, and even though there's a lot of comedy, there's also a lot of loss in that movie that, that Thor experiences. Um, so there's some, some heavy stuff in there and some, I I just, and I, I love the, the whole team up aspect of that movie. 
Um, you get Valkyrie in there and you get Hulk in there and they're, they're kind of teaming up and everything. Um, so yeah, I'm excited to see what, what he can do with a, a star Wars film. Yeah. You know, we know that he directed a great episode of the Mandalorian. So my, my only, since I mentioned it, my only complaint about Thor Ragnarok is it just didn't feel like a Thor movie. Uh, right. We had gotten before. Um, yeah, I think it kind and of, that's probably um, what made it more successful than some of the other ones, to be honest. Um, yeah. But is is it felt more like a Guardians movie to me? It uh, did, and and I love Guardians. So yeah, yeah, why. for me, yeah, hundred um, percent. I think it really redefined the character of Thor and, and yeah, what a Thor yeah. movie can be. Yeah, so. for me, like Thor yeah. was interesting. Like I even for the first two Thor movies, like I, it was interesting to me because it was more mythology based. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, it kind of felt like a fantasy movie. Uh, set yeah, in space. yeah, um, definitely. Where you where this one kind of felt more like a you know like a uh, I don't know how to explain it but like I said a Guardians type movie rather than yeah. like a fantasy yeah. type movie so that that's for sure like I have a soft spot a soft spot in my heart for anything fantasy related mm-hmm. so um, you know the first two movies kind of even the second one kind of held a held a place in my heart just because of that and this yeah. one just moved away from that a bit but as far as on its own it's a it's a great movie. Yeah, on it. Yeah, it's on its own. I agree. Yeah. Um. So I'm with you there. But uh, do we have any other news, or are we ready to move into our review segment of the show? I think we're ready to talk about the sequel trilogy. All right, let's do it. My disappointment in your performance cannot be overstated. Well, now that the entire sequel trilogy has been released, and it's hard to believe that we're at this point now, um, but you know we've had episode seven, eight, and nine that have been released to the public, and now what I wanted to do was just kind of take a look back at the sequel trilogy. How does it stack up? You know, you probably, if you were listening, heard our rankings of all the films, but I just wanted us to take a look at. Um, the sequel trilogy and the themes of the sequel trilogy. So, Adam, what are your overall feelings, first of all, about the sequel trilogy? Um, I mean, I love it. Mm-hmm. Uh, I was watching episodes seven and eight again this week for um for this discussion and trying to specifically watch how they all tie together as a whole. Mm-hmm. And, you know, there's been some talk, and even we have talked about this, about how it felt a little bit disjointed uh, yeah. you know, across this, the trilogy as a whole. But I think, um, yeah, I, I kind of like how The Mandalorian uh, feels uh, when you watch it back to back. I think that this sequel trilogy feels a lot better uh, when you view it that way. Yeah. Uh, there's still definitely some moments that just don't fit but i mean that happens across all if you're a star wars fan uh, that happens across anything you're gonna watch Mm -hmm. uh so you know for me as a whole i think everything just kind of tied in very nicely and uh you know i I saw some issues with last jedi but when i watched it again this week i actually started to like it a little bit more and i even wondered if i put it too low in my rankings i don't want to change that yet but uh sure um, but I even started wondering about that. Um, yeah, I think uh, the Last Jedi always grows on me. You know, it it was definitely yeah, one that it grew, grew on me. me again. Yeah, mm-hmm. 
Uh, and there's, there's still some moments in it where I just can't get past, but I mean, that's sure. always going to happen. That happens in a lot of the movies I watch. Um, so yeah, uh, what about you? Before we get too deep into themes, uh, what do you think about yeah. the trilogy as a whole? I mean, as a whole, if if I'm going back to 2014 or 15, you know, when The Force Awakens was ramping up and we were just about to have it released, um, I'm going to be completely honest. At that point in time, I wanted Star Wars to feel more like the original trilogy and not like the prequels, because at that point in time, the prequels still had yeah. kind of a bad taste in my mouth um, just from some things that I still don't like about it. You know, the, just the overuse of CGI, sure, the, sure. the acting, the dialogue, um, even though I love the story of the prequels and everything, um, just the execution. And and so I just, I wanted star Wars to feel like star Wars again, like feel like the original trilogy again. And that's really what I got. And, and overall I'm, I'm really happy with that because I, I think that's kind of exactly what we got. Um, and so you know, when I think about the sequel trilogy, I feel like it is it is well written, it is well acted, it, it, it you know it, it feels real. Um, you know, you don't notice the CGI really, um, you know, because the technology has improved a lot. I think, yeah, and, yeah, and, yeah. and there were a lot more practical things used in the sequel trilogy. Um, practical, you know, locations and um, the way they sh- you know shot everything was was done more practically so i'm very um, excited for the future because eventually we're going to get to a point where it's going to stop being cool to hate on the sequel trilogy just like it's now cool to stop hating on the prequel trilogy. <laughs> exactly because i've come to appreciate the the prequel trilogy in the last few years even right. more than i did before um so i and agree with then, you i think over time you know when, yeah. once it settles into your kind of head canon <laughs> then you you can come to appreciate it more yeah and i guess in 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 what really five to ten years it's gonna we're gonna get that article at one point that says you know the sequel trilogy is actually good because it is yeah (laughs) (laughs) definitely so you know i i think in and even in my rankings you know i as, as far as where the sequel trilogy is for me you know it's it's above all the prequels for me. It's a, it's above solo. Yeah, you know, it's so hard and, for me to rank that uh, them as right. a trilogy. So I don't even try, but um, I guess but, I'd you have know, to put it second. <laughs> I don't know. Yeah. But it's still slightly below. Yeah. Like empire and return of the Jedi for me and everything. But, yeah. um, but overall I, I love the sequel trilogy. It brought back my excitement for star Wars. And then, you know, with the force awakens, the last Jedi, really challenged me as a star Wars fan. And there's really a lot of layers to that movie that I like to peel back. And, and like I said, with the more and more I watched it, the more I fell in love with, with what it is. And then rise of Skywalker was, you know, I kind of had mixed emotions at first with some of the mm-hmm. things that I wanted to see executed better, but what you had multiple- with last Jedi too, to be fair. Yeah. 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 Um, but then when I saw it a couple more times, like, I ended up loving the emotional moments that it has and a lot of the mm-hmm. things about it. So um, I love the sequel trilogy as a whole. And, you know, I guess th- those are my overall thoughts about it. So, yeah. So uh, like we mentioned in the intro, we're going to kind of uh, d- dive into some of the themes that have carried across the sequel trilogy as a whole. Um, and Josh, I know you wrote a blog article on the website this week. So if you guys uh, are listening and haven't checked that out yet, you really should. Cause uh, Josh uh, covers a lot of this very much in detail. Uh, so definitely take a look at that. But I'm going to go ahead and let you kick this off, Josh, since you uh, have already uh, you know, dove into this 
uh, yeah, in a written form. Absolutely. So, uh, you know, what what are the uh, let's start with one. Uh, what are, what's one of the themes that you that you picked out that resonates with you, I guess? Well, for me, you know, I I love, you know, and I just want everybody out there listening to know what kind of like fan I am and film viewer I am. I love diving deep and looking at themes, looking at the meaning behind yeah. things and really thinking. Um so I love this stuff, but the first one that really jumps out at me is kind of the theme of the reluctant hero. And, and you know, okay. if you look at other other films, even if you just you know, Lord of the Rings comes to mind with Ar- Aragorn and and just him being a, a reluctant hero, not wanting to to be the king and and be the leader, but then he you know comes into that because he's the right person. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. So I see Ray as as being a, a reluctant hero. Um, she thinks that she's just nobody she's just a scavenger i love her introduction in the force awakens um Mm -hmm. where she's just kind of nobody and we and she thinks that she's basically unimportant to the story of the skywalkers um she's constantly trying to give the hero's blade to a different character she tries to give it to luke she thinks luke is the hope she finds out he's not you know she tries to give it to to kylo ren to ben she feels like ben is going to turn um well, she even blatantly then, says in The Force Awakens she doesn't want anything to do with this uh, right. after she touches yeah. the lightsaber. Yep. She just runs away, basically, from it. Mm-hmm. Um, but then in, at the end of The Last Jedi, that's when she finally is reaching for the saber and trying to pull it to her when it cracks in half. And I think at that moment, she realizes she's the one who has to take up the hero's blade and be the hero. So yeah. um, so I love this theme. Yeah, me too. Uh, and, it, you know, again, it... it kind of carries across the trilogies. I mean, even Luke uh, said similar things at the beginning of A New Hope. Uh, mm-hmm. he, he didn't, you know, he didn't want to, he didn't want to go to Alderaan. He had, you know, had to stay and help on the farm. Uh, yeah, I can't you know. get involved. I have work to do. Right, right. Uh, for me, I was watching, like I, I've said a couple of times, I started watching in 7 and 8 again. Mm-hmm. Uh, for me, one of the most interesting things is uh, you know, some of the very earliest dialogue in these movies uh, is uh, Lor Santeca, and he says, "You can't deny the truth that is your family." Yeah, mm-hmm. and that has been a a very heavy theme, and we're talking about it a heck of a lot now. Um, but that doesn't just re- apply to Ray. You know, he says it to uh, to Kylo Ren at the time. It, you know, um very heavily applies to him too. And, you know, Ray has always been trying to find out who her family is and find out the truth behind her, her family. Yeah. It's uh, really was, all about family. Yeah. Sift through all the lies and, you know, mm-hmm. get to down get, you know, down to, to where she comes from, who she is. Um, and the same with Ben, uh, not just, not just with him and, and Han, uh, but he, he, has repeatedly said that he can't go back to his mother, even though, you know, when when you say something like that, it sounds like you want to, mm-hmm. you know. Yeah, yeah. There, there's this the way that that's phrased. Down I can't go to, back, and yeah, you know, right. It, that that may that it doesn't sound like you have no desire to go back, like you said. Right. It it sounds like that that want is there, but you feel like you can't anymore. Mm-hmm. And you know, I think that Ben, the part of Kylo that is Ben, still feels a very heavy connection to his family, uh, which we see play out very emotionally in uh, Rise of Skywalker. 
Yeah, and I, I think you bring up a really good point because if if we go back to that moment with Laura Santeca, when he's saying you can't deny the truth that is your family, right, you know, he's right. referring to like Han and Leia and yep. Kylo responds by saying you're so right and he yeah, cuts him yeah. down because he's thinking of I come from Darth Vader. Um yeah. so, and that's his family, you know, so he's focusing on that and he feels that there's this inevitability of him being on the dark side because of that. And until he realizes finally that when he, you know, in the rise of Skywalker, he can choose differently, you know? And um, I think in a way it becomes the story of the family that you choose. Even when Ray chooses to be a Skywalker. The next thing I was going to mention, right. Mm -hmm. Um, Is that, you know, and and, let's start with episode eight because, um, you know, Ray finds out in that, well, she is told in that, that she is nobody. uh, Mm Mm-hmm. And and she can't really deny that that either because you know what Kylo said about her parents is it true is true to a point you know, um, yeah they were nobody they were trying to be nobody uh they were they were in hiding and so in 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 some ways she does come from nowhere you know mm-hmm. from a certain uh, point of view she was orphaned uh she has lived with um I'm blanking on his name Unkar Plutt. Uh, mm-hmm. For a number of years, I mean that's pretty much nowhere. Yeah, I mean she sure. doesn't have that family heritage. She has it in name only, and then mm-hmm. you know from from that point on, she doesn't. Um, but then, like you said, it's it's it becomes about you know uh, the the truth that is your family. So her truth for her blood bloodline, uh, you know, blood family, is that she comes from a pretty nasty place, at least. Somewhere in her heritage, right? Yeah. Um, because we don't know anything about Sheev's parents or anything like that, you know. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, at, at least from 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 Sheev Palpatine, uh, she comes from a pretty nasty place. Um, but that doesn't end up being her truth. What what ends up being true to her is that she kind of, is that you know she identifies, she feels that she belongs uh, as a Skywalker, and so that becomes her truth. Yes. Because Absolutely. Like you said many times, truth can, you know, depends greatly on our own point of view. Mm-hmm. Indeed, it so. does. So, uh, so, yeah, moving on. I think we probably have flushed that out. So, uh, yeah, another um, another theme uh, for you. Um, I would say what I think the sequel trilogy. When I really think about what it's all about, um, I think it's always been about passing the baton. Um, yeah, and, very much, and, very much. Ca- and kind of passing it on to the next generation. And I think even in real life, you know, we encounter these legends that we have in our lives and, and the people that we look up to. And, you know, I, I think, and I mentioned in the article, my grandfather um, being that kind of man to me that I really looked up to and wanted to be. And, mm-hmm. you know, when they, when they pass on, it's like, how can I live up to that? You know, how can I, um, live in the shadow of that, that legend that came before me. And I I think that's what the sequel trilogy is really all about. Like how, how do we, you know, we've had these legends like Luke and Han and Leia that have come before us. And how do we, how do we even do that? And and Poe even asked that question in the rise of Skywalker to Lando, like, how did you guys do it? How did you take on an empire um, with, with almost nothing, you know? Um, Right. And so I think that that is an overarching theme of the entire sequel trilogy. And and, because some people like ask, like, why did, why did this movie or why did this trilogy even need to be made? Do we really need this? You know, 
couldn't six have ended it. But I think we're dealing with a really big theme in life when we talk about how do we how do we take up the baton from the people that came before us. Yeah, yeah, very much. Um, I. Uh, I had this quote that I pulled out uh, from The Force Awakens uh, and it was when Han and Chewie steal back the Falcon and the, uh, Ray and, and Finn find out that you know that's uh, who he actually is and mm-hmm. she says you know, are, are you Han this is the Millennium Falcon are you, are, are you Han Solo and he says I used to be I, I used to be <laughs> right um but I think that that ends up being a little deeper, especially through this whole trilogy. Whole trilogy, and um, you know, part of this kind of piggybacks on what I said earlier about heritage. Um, mm-hmm. But part of it doesn't, uh, because part of this can apply to, you know, Ray finding out who she is, uh, you know, and Ben, you know, finding out what side of the what side of the force he falls on, uh, you know, where he belongs. Right, uh, but this part also applies to Finn uh, in discovering who he is. If that's not a stormtrooper, uh, repeatedly trying to run away, um, mm-hmm. you know, he tries to run away in seven, and he tries to run away again in eight. Yeah, um, you know, finding out where he belongs in this whole story. Uh, but then, definitely uh, applies to Poe. Uh, you know, learning to grow from the hotshot pilot into a true leader uh, that that can take up the mantle of, you know, Leia Organa, which is not an easy mantle to take up. Yeah, for sure. So, like I said, there's probably not a whole lot more to say about that. Uh, But, you know, discovering who you are um, beyond just your family, I guess. Definitely. It's a great theme that we see throughout the sequel trilogy. Um, Adam, did you have another theme you were thinking of? Yeah, I do, but I uh, go ahead and uh, I have a couple. I have a couple more, but go ahead and uh, go ahead and uh, two of these. My last two are probably gonna cross sect with yours, I guess. Okay, um, the next theme that I really picked out um, that we see a whole lot of in the Last Jedi is failure. Yeah, that's um, my next one too. <laughs> great, uh, we're on the same page here. Yeah. Um, so you know, I I think. Obviously, failure is something that we all experience. And I think going into The Last Jedi, you know, people wanted to see a certain Luke Skywalker that maybe a lot of people didn't really get because they were looking for Luke to still be the positive hero that, um, you know, would would fight for good no matter what. But I personally really connected with this Luke Skywalker that we got in The Last Mm -hmm. Jedi because he feels real to me. He feels like you know, I can relate to him because, um, there's times that we, we fail in life. And usually when we fail in a big way like that, and, um, you know, we isolate and, and we want to kind of run away sometimes and, um, go to a remote Island and be alone. And I think we all have that desire sometimes to, to do that. And, um, you know, even Ray experiences that in the rise of Skywalker when she fails. But, um, I think, that ultimately sometimes when you experience that you need somebody to push you. Um, you need somebody in your life that's going to push you forward. And I think, you know, Yoda is, is the person that does that for Luke. Um, Ray starts to push him in that direction, but then Yoda kind of gives him that final lesson Mm -hmm. on failure and that failure is the greatest teacher 
that yeah. we can learn from. Um, and the last Jedi is so much about failure because you have even Poe failing um, with his attempted mutiny, um, Finn's mission with Rose kind of failing. They, they don't get the correct, um, what, what is it? The code breaker or whatever. He, oh yeah. They <laughs> um, get a they're code looking breaker. For. Yeah. Um, they, you know, they, they fail when they're on the star destroyer to, mm-hmm. to take down the, the tracking beacon or whatever it is. So, um, you know, so I think there's a lot of failure going on in that movie. Oh yeah. Yeah, for sure. And, and like you said, it doesn't just, uh, it doesn't just happen in, in eight. It's, it carries over to nine. Uh, mm-hmm. um, so yeah, the failure across the, trilogy as a whole uh, uh actually across the saga as a whole is, is a huge thing yeah for sure did you have any other thoughts on failure since you mentioned that yours was going to cross over with mine or did i take all of your answers i mean i mean i mean you covered it well which is, which is yeah. fine which is fine yeah sorry uh, about that <laughs> no that's okay that's okay um just means that we're on the same page like you said that's right uh yeah uh, i highlighted i highlighted poe and like i said i already talked about poe uh but his Failure was, was pretty epic, um, in mm-hmm. eight, you know, leading the whole you know, the whole coup without you know, trusting uh, you know, trusting his his higher ups, you know, um, right. So, so yeah, uh, I would, uh, failure is a huge thing, and I actually as I was watching eight again last night, uh, c- kind of really started to connect with that whole theme. Mm-hmm. I still have mm-hmm. a problem with it with Luke, but that's a whole other topic. Um, yeah. But I totally understand. That said, I totally understand what you mean by that, and yeah, I can't I can't invalidate that at all. Uh, mm-hmm. it's, it's a very it, it, it's a very real uh, real feeling and real and uh, a real theme. And uh, I have to say, it was done very well in the Last Jedi. So, mm-hmm. my last one that I have that I wanted to highlight is Redemption. Yeah, and redemption can, was next up on my list too. Yeah, and I mean we can the easy one to talk about that is uh, you know Ben Solo because he mm-hmm. is you know the one that's redeemed uh, through this whole thing obviously. Um and I'll come back to that in a little bit. Um but not like I said, not just Ben. Uh every almost every character here has some type of redemption arc. Mm-hmm. Uh Finn obviously uh, he started out as a stormtrooper, and he chose to not follow that path. Uh, and then we see that again in a grander scale with uh, with uh, uh, Janna in Nine and the whole um, stormtrooper uprising story that she tells. Right. Uh, but then also again in Eight, Finn is redeeming himself. You know, after he's trying to desert and run away. Yeah, because it's in that moment um, when they're on, and maybe it happens even a little bit before that, but when they're on crate and he's deciding to sacrifice himself for for the resistance, you know, mm-hmm. he very much chooses the resistance, not just Ray, but the resistance in that moment. Yeah, yeah, definitely. And we've talked about Poe a couple times. Um, even uh, even Ray, uh, like you mentioned earlier, has to redeem herself from her failure. Mm-hmm. Yep. And uh, circling back, and 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 uh, you know, Luke has also redeemed himself as well in what he does in, in, in to sacrifice himself uh, to allow the resistance to live. Uh, so Absolutely, there's, there's a huge redemption there. Uh, mm-hmm. But then I want to talk a little bit about Ben. Um, 
Because there seems to be this connotation that, you know, Ben's character was wasted in nine, and I heartily disagree with that. Yeah, I very much disagree with that as well. He was given a beautiful story to tell. Uh because yeah. he was saved, you know. Mm-hmm. This this wasn't his, him him dying. He was saved in this movie. And just because his character has died, I mean, doesn't mean that his legacy has uh, as well. Um, he's reunited in the Force, with, you know, with his family. Uh, he is. Um, I, I keep going back to Anakin's last lines in uh, in, in Return of the Jedi. Mm-hmm. How Luke, you know, desperately wants to save his father, and his answer is, "You already have." Yeah, yeah. And you know uh, that he needs he needs not only Luke to know, but Leia to know that. You know, yeah, that tell he, your he sister was right. you were right. Mm-hmm. Right, yeah. And that's the same story. You know, if we can view Anakin as a redeemed character, as a hero in the end, then that's what Ben is, even more so, because no, it, he's. He saves uh, Ray. You know, if if mm-hmm. if if he doesn't do any of that, uh, we very likely lose not only Ben Solo but but Ray as well uh, because Ray's dead. Yep. And it takes it takes Ben crawling out of that pit to save her uh, so that she can go on instead of him. Mm-hmm. It's it's just for me it, it's a it's a very beautiful end to his story. It I, is. I, I would. I would I have agree. liked to have seen him, you know, be redeemed and carry on. But I think the story that, that that was told is equally as beautiful. So, yeah, I'm. I'm. I'm with you. And you know, I going into to nine, I, I kind of you know always knew that he was going to be redeemed because I. Oh I yeah, if, yeah. Writing was I mean, on the if, wall the whole way through. Yeah, and, and I mean, he's you know, first of all, if we look at. Colin Trevorrow's leaked uh, uh-huh. That's what script. I was going to say next. Yeah. Um, he's not redeemed in that version. No, he's um, too if, far gone. Yeah. Right. And, you know, I think if we would have gotten that, I don't think it would have been as fulfilling, to be honest. Um, I think I that yeah. Star Wars isn't really Star Wars without redemption. And um, right. I think, you know, throughout the whole sequel trilogy, Kylo Ren isn't your typical villain. He's always... Uh, struggling. He's always battling that. Yeah, battling. Right. He's he's you know he he's haunted as as Ray tells him. Um, he's haunted by what he did to his father. Um, and we see so, even more in the Rise of Kylo Ren, the comics, that this is a good yeah. person, uh, right. That has been kind of forced down a wrong path. Right. So this is not a fully evil villain. This is somebody that's that's battling with the light and the dark. And right. Um. I think for him to be redeemed was necessary and the way it yeah, was done yeah. was, was beautiful. And I, you know, I, I, I really love how that was, that was handled. So yeah, for sure. Yeah. Redemption, big one. Um, and that brings us to, I did have a brief one that I wanted to mention yeah, just on the power definitely. of friendship. Um, you know, okay, I think okay. this is especially prevalent in the rise of skywalker when we see ray and finn and poe really getting to to be together on a mission together and and spend more time together and and just right. the power of the friendship because you know i think um zori bliss says something to poe about the enemy wanting you to believe you're alone um but but we're not alone and you know 
having that power of friendship and, and what that can do. Um, so I just wanted to mention that briefly. But when I talk about my final big theme in Star Wars, and, and this goes throughout you know, the original trilogy, the sequel trilogy, I'm sure even in the prequels, the theme of hope. Um, because right. I think if Star Wars is about anything, it's about hope. And, you know, when whatever time a certain Star Wars trilogy is released, there's maybe always something going on in the world that makes you feel hopeless, whether it's a war or whatever it is that's, you know, like uh, an external war, an internal war going on inside of you, whatever the war is, there's something that might make you feel hopeless. And I think Star Wars can can give you hope. And I think hope is mentioned so many times um, by different characters in star Wars um, that, you know, I, I would, it would be a mistake for me to not mention hope as a, as a huge theme. Yeah, for sure. So Adam, anything more on the themes of the sequel trilogy? Nope. That's all the notes that I had for this one. All right, well, let's move on to our last segment, our um, points of view. Luke, you're going to find that many of the truths we cling to depend greatly on our own point of view. Okay, uh, this segment uh, is you know usually where we do points of view, uh, but like we said before, we kind of wanted to incorporate uh, you know fan feedback and fan ideas, and I think that's this is kind of the perfect place to do that. So. Uh, we've gotten a couple questions and uh, topics this week that we wanted to address, try to fit them all in here. I know this is a, a jam-packed show, but we're going to do our best. Uh, so the first uh, was a question from our Discord. Uh, actually, these are both from our Discord this week. Uh, but this was asked by uh, Menagerie in, in the Discord, and he wanted to know a little bit more about Anakin's birth. And I think this is a great topic to to talk about right now because there's a little bit of misinformation that's kind of spreading about this. And so let's let's go back to the prequel trilogy. To answer this question, let's go back to the prequel trilogy. Uh, mm-hmm. So in episode one, uh, Qui-Gon uh, meets Shmi and Anakin. Uh, we know that whole story. Uh, but she says that uh, Qui-Gon asks who who was the father, and Shmi says there was no father. Mm-hmm. Uh, so kind of this... Uh, immaculate, immaculate conception. I was going to say that, yeah. <laughs> um, and then moving on uh, to the to episode three, we have that uh, scene at the, at the, at the uh, opera... Uh, I like to call it the opera scene. I don't know if it's actually an opera or not, but it's actually one of my a theater. Of my let's call, yeah, let's call it a theater scene. One um, of my favorite scenes in the prequels, for sure. We, yeah, but we start talking. Uh, you know, um, uh, Palpatine tells Anakin about some of the abilities of the dark side that some would consider unnatural. And, to you know, influence the, the midichlorians to create life, right? Yeah, and we have the. Mm-hmm. Uh, the tale of the legend of Darth Plagueis the Wise, mm-hmm. um, who, like you said, could influence the midichlorians to create life. Right. Uh, so that was, it's always been interpreted as a possible beginning for Anakin, that his birth was influenced in that, in that way. 
Yeah, I mean, that's something that I always had in the back of my mind whenever I would watch that scene. I was like, did he <laughs> yeah, create Anakin right. somehow? Um, and yes. Mm-hmm. From what I've read, that was intentionally that's been intentionally left vague. And I think mm-hmm. I think in Legends that that was actually fleshed out a little bit more. Um, you know, but if we're going with an official answer here, mm-hmm. uh, it's intentionally left vague. And right. uh, Qui Gon always had reached the conclusion that his birth was influenced by the Force itself. Mm-hmm. You know, uh, and you know maybe we see because of the need for a chosen nine. one, basically the need of mm-hmm. the. The yeah. prophecy to f- be fulfilled, balance to be right. right to the and, force. and and Qui Gon was always one of the Jedi that were that was heavily into prophecy. Uh, mm-hmm. And we we see that in the the Claudia Gray book uh, called Master and Apprentice, which I think is a great book. Uh, if it's if it's great if you haven't read good, it yet, pick it up. Yeah, if you're looking for a good Qui Gon Obi Wan story, kind of mm-hmm. uh, you know really flushes out their relationship together. Uh, for me, it kind of made that a, a much stronger uh, bond between the two. But uh, anyway, but so Qui-Gon with, you know, with his, um, I don't want to say reliance, but with his uh, belief, I guess, in prophecies, uh, he saw this as the force giving birth to its chosen one uh, to fulfill that prophecy. Mm -hmm. And, you know, we see there's this idea in the sequel trilogy about, you know, darkness arising and the light to meet it and you know maybe that's what that was you know with palpatine uh rising and coming to power uh that this was the force bringing the light side to power uh whether or not that's actually what happened like i said it's it's up to interpretation like a lot of this is and the one thing i wanted to mention here like i said there's been some misinformation uh, spreading about this and that comes from, I think that comes from this. Uh, in issue 25 of the Darth Vader series of comics, uh, there's this, there's this uh, scene uh, with, with Shmi, and you mm-hmm. see these shades of Palpatine in the background. And you see you know, kind of this art that honestly makes it appear like you know, Sidious is kind of influencing those midichlorians around Shmi to, to, you know, to create that life. Yeah. That would certainly make it seem like that was what was going on. Yeah. And, and a lot of people took that very literally. Um, Mm -hmm. however, uh, that does not seem to be the case. That does not, a lot of people took that as a confirmation of that theory Mm -hmm. and uh, that does not seem to be the case. So, uh, recently in the last couple of weeks, actually, um, and Matt Martin, who's a creative executive at the uh, Story Group at Lucasfilm, uh, says that this is false. Uh, okay. He says that this uh, this whole scene, he says, this is all in Anakin's head. I can tell you definitively, as someone who worked on the comic, that is 100% not the intended implication. Okay. Uh, so he, what did... He also... First, let me say this. Um he went on to say then uh, that the dark side of the force isn't exactly the most forthcoming when it comes to telling people the truth about anything. That's uh, very so, true. <laughs> which is a, a very important point to keep in mind there. Yeah. 
Um, and what were you going to ask? I, I think I have a feeling, but I wanted to make sure I answered the right question here. I guess what I'm wondering is what was the intention behind that? Yes, yeah, so the, it seems the intention behind that whole scene then is to... Uh, it, it's kind of Anakin exploring some of his past and, and and like Matt Martin says this all takes place inside of his head uh, so these are kind of right so he's thinking maybe this is maybe this is what happened where, yeah know, of, of, yeah yeah of his origins kind of him mm -hmm. exploring this out in his own head right um, and you know once again he's this is after he is Vader at this point so this is after he's fallen mm -hmm. um, so you know the dark side is showing him these visions and the other thing about these visions you have to kind of remember is that palpatine is drawn or sidious is drawn as he appears post revenge of the sith uh so he's right. deformed and scarred and and all this other stuff which you know if that was exactly that was actually how that happened, happened he wouldn't he wouldn't have looked like that right right mm -hmm. that makes sense so yeah i mean i I definitely prefer the angle of it that he was, you know, like brought into existence by the force, but, but by I prefer the, that too, but by the light side of the force, you know, like the right. force needing, needing to balance itself out. Um, you know, and if we think about some of the comments Freddie Prince Jr. made, you know, based on conversations he had with, uh, you know, like Dave Filoni and George Lucas and, yeah. um, how the force really works, I, I think, that kind of makes more sense. Yeah. Yeah, I would agree. So mm -hmm. the, I think the official answer here is that the, is that there isn't an answer yet. Right. There may be an answer one day at some point. Yeah. But you also have to remember that there are some things that the story group likes to keep intentionally vague, uh, mm -hmm. for a number of reasons. Uh, one of them being, People can talk about it and theorize. Yeah, to about generate it. And mystery some of that's and fun. conversation and sure. yeah. But then also uh, maybe they can answer it at a later time. Yeah, and to allow some wiggle room there for discussion, mm -hmm. for you know, for theories, for you know, um, and then the other part of that is some of this is done out of respect almost for George Lucas, for, you know, yeah. even though he isn't yeah. there anymore and is not making these decisions. Uh, you know, there's still maybe an allegiance there that's I think felt uh, without Luke uh, throughout Lucasfilm. Uh, sure. Some of his original ideas, and you know, maybe some of this stuff doesn't need to be explained. Yeah, that's a really good point. So, so uh, I guess our answer here has to be a non-answer. <laughs> pretty much. Which these are know. kind of the the uh, the possibilities out there, I guess. Mm -hmm. uh, but as yeah, far we, as where he was really... actually from, yeah. Yeah, we don't have a confirmed answer on this, you know, just um just a possibility of yeah, of what it could be. But I guess these are your possibilities, you know, Qui-Gon believed mm -hmm. that he was born of the Force uh, and, uh just the Force in general, uh you know, not anyone influencing the Force, but the Force itself. And uh there's also this possibility, this interpretation that is is uh, equally as plausible, I guess. Mm -hmm. um, yeah. And, you know, it's directly mentioned in the films, and I think that that's there for a reason. Right. Um, but, uh, you know, there's that possibility that exists that it came from somewhere else. So I think you yes. have to, we talk about headcanon, this is one of those things you have to kind of fit into your own headcanon. How do you feel that actually happened? 
Right. So it's one of those situations where there isn't necessarily a, a right or wrong answer for this one. Yeah. Just from a certain point of view. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Uh, and then our second topic, I, I asked on Discord uh, this week, uh, just kind of, I don't know, uh, this was uh, last Friday, actually, and we couldn't fit it into last week's show. Uh, we were going to try to somehow fit it into this week's show. Um, I I kind of just out of nowhere, I was thinking about Star Wars, Star Wars video games, and so I posed a question to our Discord. Um, Bob Iger calls you right now and says you have the you have the ability to greenlight any Star Wars game you want. You're in charge. You have uh, what type of game do you want? Um, I said you can even get super detailed and tell me you know what video game studio you wanted to to do it. Mm -hmm. but, you know, basically anything you want in a Star Wars game, your call, what do you want to do? Uh, so I wanted to go through some of those answers that we got. Uh, some of them were kind of fun. So uh, Demigod mentioned, and I think this was a joke initially, but then we started talking about <laughs> it more, and I kind of want it now. Um, you know, Star Wars Jedi Tetris. <laughs> yeah, there you go. <laughs> and and uh, <laughs> you know, I immediately thought, because I, I love Tetris, I love puzzle games, but uh, mm -hmm. you know what? How could that work? And you know what? Uh, we kind of came up with some some interesting things. You know, um, you know, one of the uh, the elements of Tetris when you play is that you're trying to mess up your opponent. You know, you complete lines and you send over garbage lines to them to try to fill mm -hmm. up their screen. Uh, so we thought, you know, maybe as you do uh, complete some lines on on your on your panel, um, those could generate like force abilities. You know, like maybe lightning would strike. Oh, and that's a cool idea. Breaks some, yeah. yeah. So you know, as you uh, try to f fill in blocks on your screen, if you leave gaps and you can't erase that line, and you have to keep building on top of it to you know to, to dig yourself out, I guess. So force lightning then would kind of break blocks in between there, and you know leave all these gaps where you'd have to clear lines to to get rid of the gaps. So I like this idea. Yeah, yeah. Uh, and Demi had mentioned force push, maybe where you know. Uh, force push just pushes lines up from the bottom of your screen to get you closer to the top to get your opponent mm -hmm. closer to the top uh that type of thing yeah that's a cool idea yeah um you mentioned you have two i do so why don't you go yeah. ahead and do those yeah um the the first one i don't even know how many people really want this it seems like not enough for it to be a thing but, <laughs> um i i remember you know i don't even know if it might have been ps2 or PS3, I'm not sure, but they had, um, and I think it was PlayStation 2, they had, like, yeah, the Two Towers and Return of the King video games. They even for, had a Revenge of the Sith game, didn't they? They had Revenge of the Sith, where you got to, like, play through the events of the movie. Uh -huh. And, you know, I've you know, i always been a bigger fan of m movies than video games. I love video games, but I've always, you right. know, I'm, I'm more of a movie guy. So I like the idea of being able to play through the events of the movie, um, so I would love like a Star Wars Skywalker saga game. And I know they're kind of doing this with Lego, um, but yeah, I'd like to yeah. see it with actual, you know, the actual characters and everything um, where you got to play through all that, that stuff. So, you know, you could, and we get this a little bit in Battlefront, but, um, you know, you could be on a snow speeder and, and take down, you know, the, the, the ATATs or ATATs, however you prefer to say it. Right, um, right or confront Vader on the second Death Star and as Luke Skywalker, um, you know, or, or play through some of the events of, 
of the sequel trilogy or the prequels. So I just really like that idea of being able to to do that. So I think that would be cool. Um, yeah. My I remember my playing sec- before we move. I remember playing yeah, on yeah, Game absolutely. Boy Attack of the Clones, which is like a side-scrolling version of of, uh-huh. of that type of thing. Um, which I really loved playing that game. But yeah, go ahead. Yeah, so I would love to see something like that. Um, the second would be I've never played Knights of the Old Republic, but I've always heard really good things this is about a, it. Yeah, this is a huge one. Yeah, and so. I think I would love to see an updated version of Knights of the Old Republic with like today's technology and um you know being able to to just play around in that in that universe um you know because some of the clips I've seen like from you know the cutscenes from like maybe maybe it wasn't Knights of the Old Republic but like some of the Old Republic's uh games okay. and stuff yeah were really impressive oh yeah um like the animation and everything and um you know, I just think that would be awesome to get to play a newer version of Old Republic or Knights of the Old Republic. Oh, yeah, for sure. And I, and I think if there's one game out there that everyone, well, not everyone, but like a majority of the vi- Star Wars video game fans out there would want, uh, you hit it out of the park on, on Knights of the Old Republic. Yeah, I think it would be huge. Yeah. Um, Menagerie, or Mena, in, in our Discord, uh, which is... Uh, and also the one that asked about Anakin. Uh, he mentioned, and this kind of uh, went, so we kind of spun this off. It started off with, uh, he mentioned a an open world game, kind of like uh, Red Dead Redemption 2, mm-hmm. uh, which is a, a Western-themed game uh, that came out late last year, I believe. Um, but he said that uh, you know actions that you take influence your light side, dark side meter, uh, customization, online multiplayer, all that stuff. Um, which actually, and, and I had mentioned that that kind of is kind of like Knights of the Old Republic, uh, where your actions do kind of influence your light side, dark side effect. And then we kind of morphed that into a Mandalorian theme game, uh, which I think is just a fantastic idea. Yeah, like yeah. if you could be the Mandalorian in like this open world, like red dead type of thing. Like, right. And there was wow, a Django Fett awesome. game back in episode two days called bounty hunter, uh, where you kind uh-huh. of did something like that. But if, if there was an updated version of this type of thing where you could, and not it wouldn't have to be like Din Djarin, I guess, but like almost like any right. type of bounty hunter themed game or you know Mandalorian type game, uh, where you're just kind of like I said, you you do what you want. You're kind of going through the galaxy or you know whatever mm-hmm. planet you're on in, in an open world manner, um, and then how you maybe complete some of these bounties or you know interact with the characters around you kind of increases decreases your reputation that type of thing. Um, yeah i'd be i'd be all about that yeah yeah for sure (laughs) (laughs) Uh, and then man i also mentioned for honor uh, which is a game that came out like two or three years ago and what it was was a a a dueling game and it was mainly themed like medieval times Mm -hmm. uh, you know knights and things like that where uh, you were uh, pairing and fighting with swords and shields and and things of that nature um and and, you know he he had mentioned making that star wars type game uh, which when that game came out the only thing i could think about is how much better it would be with lightsabers <laughs> lightsabers yeah like this yeah, is a star wars be game able to like do the parrying yeah. and stuff like that like you get a you can do a little bit of that in you know jedi fallen order um which is cool but 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 being able to duel like that in that way would be 
pretty awesome. Yeah. And uh, I think, let's see here. Yeah, I think the last one was one that I had mentioned. Uh, I'd, I'd like to see a new Rogue Squadron game. Uh, except mm-hmm. this one could be called maybe like Black Squadron or even Alphabet Squadron, I guess. Yeah. Uh, I mentioned if it's Black Squadron, Poe could be involved. And maybe even if you didn't, even if that wasn't your playable character, you know, if you had to create your own character type of thing. And you know, Poe could kind of be the one that's sending you on missions or talking to you through your comms or, you know, whatever that, mm-hmm. however that would work. That'd be um, cool. Yeah, I remember else. really enjoying Rogue, Rogue Squadron. Yeah, for sure. Um, and I you know, mentioned it, it could be like online multiplayer. You can even be dogfight with people. Uh, mm-hmm. It's just kind of something that happened in Battlefront. In yeah. Battlefront 2. That's actually, um, my, I, I actually love the Starfighter mode um, okay. in Battlefront, even, even more, more so than, right. you know, the ground stuff. Like, I, I love yeah. flying a ship and the dogfighting and all that. Like, that's my jam. Yeah. Uh, so and online dogfighting, uh, full story mode, uh, with with uh, co-op play where you could join up with with people and complete the story together, and then uh, color and equipment customization for your starfighter. So you know you have your mm-hmm. X-wing or Y-wing or B-wing, whatever you want to fly. Uh, you can upgrade the color. You can maybe put some decals on it. Maybe change some uh, equipment that you use. So change out the, you know the uh, uh, the the guns that you or. You know, the weapons that you have attached to your starfighter, uh, upgrade them as you go, uh, that type of thing. Yeah, definitely. Sounds very cool to me. I'm I'd play all these games. So I hope the people at Lucasfilm are thinking of of these different things. <laughs> yeah, as well. Yeah, yeah Disney Lucasfilm. So. It's mm. shows called From a Certain Point of View, Episode Twelve. You got to <laughs> listen to it. There's all kinds of ideas here. That's right. Check us out. <laughs> yeah. So, so Adam. Do you want to to bring us to a conclusion? Yeah, let's head into the wrap up. All right. I'm just glad you're here. At the end. Well, once again, uh, we've reached the end segment of our show. So thank you uh, so much for tuning in. It's been uh, a ton of fun talking about all this stuff uh, this week. Uh, remember to check out our website from a certain point of view.com. Uh, I've done some little facelifts here and there on, on the website this week. So kind of make sure you get in there and poke around and see what's new. See what you like. Uh, if there's anything else you'd like to see, always hit us up. Let us know. I'll let you know how to do that in just a second. Uh, and check out the blog. Uh, we mentioned earlier in the show that Josh had written a blog post about uh, the, the uh, themes of the sequel trilogy. Uh, there's also one for me this there this week uh, about you know what I hope to see uh, kind of my wish list for Star Wars movies uh, starting in in 2022, and I'm also going to be writing a little. Uh, I mentioned I'm also going to be writing a, a, an article about uh, Last Shot, which is the book that I'm finishing up this week. Uh, so check those all out. Be on the lookout for new blog posts uh, coming up very soon, and then also. Uh, Hit us up on the socials, and this is going to be important here, too. I want to mention this right now, but uh, Twitter, we are at certain POV pod, all one word. Facebook, uh, the Facebook page is from a certain point of view. Uh, We're also on Discord, uh, which is a cool little voice and text app, which is totally free. Uh, You can just sign up. Uh, The link uh, for our 
Our own server is in the show notes, as always, and it's also on the website. Uh, but like I said, that's, uh, in case you don't, in case you're not familiar with Discord, that's a like I said, it's a voice and text app. So there's a bunch of voice channels in there. Uh, we recently just added a uh, Star Wars memes and gifts channel. So there's all kinds of you know fun stuff in there if you want to browse through some Star Wars memes. Uh, but then it's also a great place to just meet some of the other uh, listeners. Uh, you know, uh, Josh and and I are usually pretty active in there as well. If you want to chat with us about anything Star Wars or really anything, to be honest, uh, Discord is a great place to do that. So be sure to check it out. Uh, and then email uh, certain POV pod uh, at gmail.com. All one word certain POV POD. Now, I had mentioned. Go ahead, Josh. Yeah, I just wanted to say, um, you know, thanks for as well for anyone that, um, you know, submitted an idea or response to some yeah, of our, yeah, our really point fun. of view segment this week. Um, and, and we really do want to keep getting you guys yeah. involved and keep you know, them rolling. Yeah, message us or email us yeah. if you have any questions or topic ideas. Um, and you know, I think we got we have some exciting things um, coming up ahead. And I think Adam is ready to announce something very excited, exciting that I personally wish I could win. Um, <laughs> but Adam, let us know what's, what's what's happening here. What are we What are we giving away? Okay, so uh, we are having our first giveaway for the show, uh, and we're gonna. Here's how this is gonna work. The prize is a Funko Pop, and this is a Kuwil, uh Funko Pop from The Mandalorian. Uh, that's the, uh, um, I have spoken, Ugnaught, in case you didn't know what his name was. Uh, so if you would like to win a Funko Pop uh, character, Kuwil, here's what you got to do. Uh, follow us on Twitter, and be on the lookout for a uh, tweet coming out uh, soon, very soon. Uh, and actually, it's probably going to be already out by the time you uh, listen to the show. But follow us on Twitter. Uh, there will be a giveaway post on Twitter. And what you'll have to do is follow our, our account and retweet that post. Uh, if you're on Facebook, uh, you'll need to like our page. And also share uh, the giveaway post uh, on there as well. Uh, so you have to do two things on each platform. On Facebook, you'll have to like our page as a whole and share the giveaway post. And on Twitter, you'll have to follow our page and retweet our uh, our giveaway tweet. Okay? Now, if you do those, you're, you're going to have actually two chances to win. So if you're on Facebook and Twitter, then do it both places and uh, you get you know, double your chances. Uh, but what we'll do is we'll combine all of those entries uh, for people that have done what they need to do, uh, sharing and liking, and then on uh, Twitter, retweeting and following. Uh, we'll combine all those entries, and uh, one lucky person's going to win a Quill Pop. That's awesome, Adam. So how how much uh, how long is this going on for? When, when so do our, our do, good people have to do this? Until? I'm going to let this run through the end of the month, through the end of January. And okay. uh, February 1st, uh, we'll combine all the entries and we'll find out our winner. And uh, you know, make sure that I can reach you somehow so I can get it out to you uh, once you win. So. Okay, awesome. Well, I can't wait to find out who wins and I'll be very envious. Yeah, um, good luck to everybody. <laughs> And thanks again, everybody, for tuning in this week. We've, as always, had a lot of fun talking Star Wars with you. And always remember, and until next time, the Force will be with you. Always.